and welcome to the All Japan Women's Destiny podcast. I'm your host, JD. Welcome to another episode as we go through the history of All Japan Women's Professional Wrestling through the classics episodes that you can find uh, on various places of the internet. I vastly encourage to follow along and learn and enjoy the history of this just awesome women's wrestling promotion of the past. This is a spin-off in conjunction with the Red Leaf Retrocast. That is the proper episode where these come from. We hope you enjoy our audio and our uh, discussions over the various wrestlers and the matches in which we go through the ages. If you like what you hear and you want more content, please consider checking out the Patreon. That is patreon.com slash redleafretrocast, all one word, where we also cover LLPW, various other uh, women's wrestling promotions of the past, and the project that the whole reason it exists is the Joshi 2010's journey, where we go through coming out of the dark ages of Joshi professional wrestling and really learning and having fun with wrestlers that we're very familiar with to this day to ones that we may have missed out on. I hope you enjoy the audio you're about to hear covering AJW. And if you want more, please, again, consider signing up to the Patreon and leaving us reviews over at iTunes, Spotify, and the like, all your favorite podcasting outlets in which you listen to AJW and the Redley Fletcher cast. Enjoy. You know, started this a number of years ago now. We're at this Budokan show titled Budokan Restudin Max in August of 1994. We're on the build to the dome, and this show just really reminded me how much I love Devil Masami. So with that, I'm going to play... Uh, quite a few of her songs. So here we go. We're going to go a trifecta drop here. So enjoy some music. Let's get into that, because we're on the last two matches from the Budokan here in 1994. Cutie Suzuki, Takako Inoue, taking on Candy Okotsu, and you heard it, Devil Masami. 
Match went 17 minutes, 15 seconds. It was like fourth from the top or something. And for a time, I thought it stole the show. Feuding and rival Idos, Takako and Cutie teaming up against the JWP's dominant veteran monster. And their best rookie in Kandi Okatsu, whom, by the way, is in incredible shape. Okay? She does not skip any gym days. Those shoulders, those legs, whew! She ain't slowing down this match. The start is great, as Takako demands Devil charges her with shots, till Devil headbutts her skull for prime CTE goals. It's all double-team attempts on Devil, but she counters and just power bombs them into each other, and there was a lot of power bombs. Oh, I love a Devil power bomb. Truly marvel of a dominant force against two idol-type wrestlers. They are all throwing bombs while Candy is simply trying to keep the pace, not get in Devil's way, though she does a few times. Takako just has enough and gets nose to nose of her in this match, and the crowd goes nuts. Nuts. And funny enough, can't help but notice Takako and Masami are very similar in height, but the projection is so much more on the side of Devil. There's that star presence factor in owning the ring. Okay, Devil owns this ring in the '80s, then. Now and forever. Even the heat segments for Devil was just outstanding. Standing on Cutie's face and taunting her. Taunting Takakao. So good to watch. And eventually, this spills to the outside for a good old-fashioned table brawl. Okay? This is the shit I'm talking about. Versus what happens today. Okay? Here we have Devil and Takakao establishing early on their hatred in the ring. And boom. They're doing ring bell shots to the chest. They're getting hammers and hitting each other in the face. Cutie is slammed onto the table. It's 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 not just, okay, going to throw you in some chairs and call it a day. Or if they're in Corkin, they'll go do the sign spot. This feels like real heat and means something. All the while, Candy and Cutie are in the ring still trying to win. Suplex exchanges galore. Candy hits a running top rope with Northern Light Suplex. That was rad. They're German suplexing each other, but Cutie dives in. And so Devil jumps off with a guillotine leg drop onto her while she's on top of Takakao. I thought that was a phenomenal, like, you, you just see all the pictures start going off in the audience, right? God, I miss that kind of stuff. And from there, it's a hot finishing stretch with back and forth near falls. Finally, we get to Devil missing a guillotine leg drop. On Takakao, and Cutie dives in with a straight jacket and dragon suplex on Candy. Then, finally hits that plancha off the same corner as Takakao uses her flying knee a la Norio Tateno for the win. Great match. Full three. This show is fucking great, I said to myself. Uh, I went four and a quarter stars on this uh, on this little tag match here. Take your pick. Uh, this is great interpromotional work with established story, motivation in the ring. I thought they nailed it out of the park. It had everything I wanted to come into the into the match, coming out, and I just think Devil Masami's an all-timer, right? Every time you see her, she just more than delivers, and she's in the prime of her career. Maybe a little on the slowdown yet, but she kind of don't tell. And it really gets me curious, you know, as we go through, you know, post-94 Tokyo Dome, you know, where does Devil Masami and JWP land? What's the Gaia movement going to do? What's Jaguar Yakota 
uh, doing with JD Star when that starts up. There's a lot of questions, and where does Devil Masami fall in? Because she's very much a top star of the era, like the rest of them. You know, she was there with Jaguar Dump, tail end of the the big start of the Crush Gals, right? That's the kind of stuff. Uh, that's the kind of stuff I look for. That's the kind of stuff I'm looking forward to. Um. So yeah, Devil Masami, all time great. We move on to the main event. Dangerous Queen Final Countdown Pre-Dome Survival Elimination Tag Match. <laughs> God, I love to laugh at these taglines they give some of these matches in AJW. Super funny. It is Aja Kong teaming with Akira Hokuto taking on Dynamite Kansai and Yumiko Hota. The Observer gave this four and a half stars. And you know what? I guess we'll see what I think at the end. Okay? This match immediately had big match feel. And heat. Based on those involved. Uh, Kansai has really come into her own over the last two years. During this interpromotional era. Kong is finally looking like a true main eventer. After 93, what felt closer to kind of a protected upper to mid-card person, even though she's the champion. Uh, it's just been focused on other people, not her. Hokuto is still the biggest star, putting together the best and most important matches, there's no doubt there. Uh, I mean, hell, look at this one. And she's really making her retirement tour a must-watch. And look, I'm not the biggest Hota fan. Probably never will be. I was always told that she's going to break out eventually in the like mid-90s. Well, I can kind of say, here we are. Hota's been kept strong all year for stuff like this, and ever since that bloody hand match, she's found a new confidence and a stride to her game. She's no longer doing a lot of that stuff that irritated me about her. Uh, she's a real player. She's finally feeling like a Yumika Hota and not a Chigusa Nagayo clone. Okay, She's a real player in 1994 here. So hype levels for this match are there. Everyone but Hokuto seems to be sporting yellow and blue on this show. <laughs> I think even Takakao and... Uh, a couple other people were doing that. So just a strange observation I had. But I love the Kansai shove into Hokuto where Akira just smirks and it's like celebrity deathmatch. Let's get it on! Kind of vibes with, with right off the bat. Uh, Aja goes to blows with both uh, Kansai and Hota. Uh, you know, they're booting Hokuto all around the ring a bunch. And Aja tries to get her, get her shit in uh, to break it up. But uh, this sequence at the start sealed it for me. And I was dialed in. Kansai tries a freaking double powerbomb, but Akira jumps in. Uh, she dropkicks Aja by mistake, and no shit, she left a fucking footprint on her face. <laughs> you can see this thing. It's pretty rad. Hota's hitting a straightjacket pile driver for a two-count, kind of our first like major near fall. And I thought it was fall one immediately, because this is a two-out-of-three falls match, and usually in the sense, at least... They did this a lot more in the 80s. They'd take advantage of this stuff. And Fall 1 would always be like super quick on the quote-unquote heel team. And then it was fighting back for the baby faces. And uh, it's it lasted a little bit longer. Okay. And uh, we'll go into that. It's more crazy back and forth. Aja hits that diving elbow of hers for yet another crazy two-count near fall. Uh, incredible stuff. And so Fall 1 happens as such. Kansai counters a whip, throws Hokuto into Aja's Uricon. 
Kansai blocks a shot from Aja on the rebound, gets her on her knees, and <laughs> no shit, Kansai punt kicks her in the face. Kong down! Kong down! Kong down! Rest counting to 10. She tries to pull herself up from the ropes right before 10, but she falls on her ass. Kong down! She is considered KO'd at the 14 minute 12 mark, and I'm like, my fucking hell, what a first fall. My God. So now, Kong is, she's out. That's Akira now left in a two-on-one situation, and the crowd knows this and is molten for Hokuto to stay in it. What a format brilliance there. I love this. It gets the biggest star in a, in a situation where you get the crowd to even cheer for her harder than they already were. And Hota and Kansa are just playing these big, brooding kick machines that are going to whoop this woman two-on-one. Many near falls, including a major one for Hokuto hitting an ugly last gasp effort, dangerous queen bomb on Kansai. And we get to Hota hitting a flying rolling kick to Kansai by mistake. So very, very much kind of like that first fall. Kansai stunned and Akira pounces on Hota, hitting the NLB, the excuse me, the Northern Lights bomb for three. This came at five minutes later, so that'd be around the 19 minute mark. Uh, also didn't look so great, but got her, uh, with the Northern Lights Bomb. Hokuto solo running this shit. My God and Science Buddha. All the gods be praised. Praise be to Hokuto and her brilliance. And from here, it's fall three. And with Kong KO'd on the outside, basically, and Hota taken out by the MLB. The MLB. NLB. <laughs> <It's> the <laughs> Hota took a fastball from Hokuto right up, in, right up on her chin. It's essentially a Hokuto Kansai singles match to finish this off. And I need this format in the modern era immediately. Okay? There's count out teases for Hokuto on Kansai. There's lariats and counters. A counter of Splash Mountain into a dragon suplex that was rad. Last ditch effort for Hokuto on a garbage looking Splash Mountain for two. <laughs> okay? That comes after Kansai is going from. Uh, Missile, or uh, that's where uh, Hokuto's trying to missile dropkick. Um, yeah, 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 I got this. And uh, Kansai whips whips Hokuto off the top because she's trying those missiles and gets her into, uh, gets her up into a, another Splash Mountain. And uh, a clear, like, after that, like, garbage looking one, Akira's like clearly done outside of a miracle roll up. So Kansai hoists Hokuto up for a decisive, decisive Splash Mountain, and Akira is finished 10 minutes and 28 seconds later, 24 minutes, 39 seconds total, this three falls match went. Guys, Big Dave went four and a half. I went five stars on this. I thought this was a perfect tag match, and I love the format. It was so unique and interesting and kept me in it. Look it. Look at me giving... Yumiko Hota, a five-star match. I have done it. The day has come. Thought nothing was going to top that devil tag, or even the lesser match between the Toyota Kyoko. But man, this show was just overall incredible. The selling in this post-match did not go on blind eyes either. Both Hota and Aja sold their essential knockouts for just minutes on end in the post-match, especially more so in Aja Kong where it was a good, like, six minutes before she was even ready to get up. Again, 
I need this in my modern era. The talent is there, so we just need the formatting and the selling to get up to beat in many ways. There's not enough Tam Julia types out there and too much of the Chihiro types hitting a couple big suplex moves and calling it a day. Matches. <laughs> you gotta have your rivalries, you gotta make your matches mean so much more, and you gotta translate that into the match. That's what makes Tam Julia special and, like, every Chihiro match, not special. And I know I'm picking on Chihiro Hashimoto a lot lately. That's what I get out of her. And that's not what I get out of Tam Julia. Tam Julia is closer to the boom period era than most other feuds and rivalries you see in today's women's wrestling. That's what makes this great. That's what makes this great. So I thought this Budokan uh, really delivered from the in-ring sense, especially kind of the top four matches on the card. Uh, it never ceases to amaze me how, you know, even occasionally I'll get down here and there on what's happening. But we're on Road to the Dome and Akira Hokuto's right on it. That'll do it for this episode of AJW Destiny. And we'll continue on into 1994. <laughs>